The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Ezekiel chapter 37. We are in a series right now called It Is Written. And what we're doing is, the beginning of this year, as we're, as we're going into 2018, we believe this. This can be the best year of your life if this is the best year of your life spiritually. And, and in order for this to be one of the best years of your life spiritually, it needs to be the best year of your life in the Word of God. And so what we're doing is we're kind of starting off this year and we're looking at the Word of God so we can understand it. Far too often I hear from people, far too often I hear from people, I, I just don't, I, I try to read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. It's, it's boring to me. Well, I'm telling you, if, if it's boring to you, if you're not understanding it, you can. And, and, and one, of the, one of the attacks of the enemy against us is to try to get us to believe that. Because he knows what's available to us in the Word. He knows what's there in the Word and how much life it can produce for you. And so this year we're focusing on how to get in the Word. And we're spending some extra time in prayer. We're spending some extra time. Hopefully you guys are doing the devotional with us. Hopefully you, you found something to fast. Anybody hungry this morning? I'm hungry. Yeah, right? But we're, we're spending some time and we're doing this to say, God, we're, we're inviting you into our life. And so uh, we believe that God's going to do some incredible things. So we started last week by saying um, that the Word of God is not just a book full of information about God, but it's a book full of the power of God. And it has the power of God to release life into our life and produce life in our life. And I want to kind of continue to talk along that line this morning. Uh, when I was about eight years old, me and my family went on a ski trip to Colorado, and I had been skiing several times before, and it was the first night in our little lodge that we were staying in, and I was laying down in bed that night, and I could not fall asleep. And it wasn't that I was excited about skiing the next day, even though I was very excited about skiing, but it was that I, I couldn't catch my breath. I was laying there in bed, and I just, I felt like I, I couldn't breathe properly. And, you know, breathing is interesting, because most of the time, breathing is just something that kind of we do, right? It's just involuntary. You just breathe. You're all in here. Hopefully, you're breathing this morning. If you're not, or if somebody beside you is not breathing, grab an usher and let's you know, try to get them out of here because it's not a good thing to me. Anyways, uh, we want to be breathing, right? But, but it's something that just kind of happens. You're, you're born, and the doctor slaps you on the butt, and you start breathing, and you just breathe, and it just kind of happens. From, from that moment on, you breathe, but this night, you know, I was thinking about my breathing because, because I couldn't breathe. And the more I thought about how I couldn't breathe, the worse it got. You ever been there before? Like, you start focusing on something and thinking about something, and then the more you're focusing on it and thinking about how I can't breathe, now I, it's getting, I'm going to breathe, I'm getting, I'm, and I'm getting more concerned about it. And I'm convinced at eight years old that I am having a heart attack. <laughs> and so, so finally, I'm like, okay, I better go tell my parents that this is the big one. So I walk down the hallway. And I go in there, and I'm like freaking out, and they're like, calm down, you're, you're okay. It, here's, and they explained to me that I was at a higher altitude. And because I was at a higher altitude, the air was thinner, and because the air was thinner and I wasn't used to it, I, I couldn't breathe. And so they said, you're going to be fine. Just They prayed over me, you know, like parents do, and they sent me back to bed, and I went back to bed and got in bed. And after a few minutes, I, I fell asleep and had a great ski trip. Now, I say that because I wonder sometimes if... If we as Christians find ourselves in that same place. See, it's one thing to have problems with your physical breathing, but I think spiritually sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we feel like I did that night. We feel like 
we just can't quite breathe. Like the circumstances of life have got us in a place where we just can't kind of catch our breath and we feel kind of like we're, we're suffocating in life. But I'm here to tell you that, that God has something that's available for us that we can breathe in, that, we'll breathe, that we can breathe in that will give us what we need, what our spirits truly need. In fact, if you have your Bible, look at this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, it says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. If you have your Bible, uh, underline that, circle that, highlight that, remember that. It's given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now that phrase there where it says, is given by the inspiration of God, uh, that's, that, that phrase is actually one Greek word, and that Greek word is theonoustos, theonoustos. And that, that word is made up of two words, uh, theo, theos, which is where we get the word God, and noustos, which is where we get the word breathe. We talked about this last week, the pneuma of God. Noustos is another way of, of saying that. So, so literally, if you have, in fact, if you have a new international version of the Bible this morning, it says in it, all scripture is God breathed. So, so here's what you need to see. The word of God is the breath of God. Write that down if you're taking notes this morning. The word of God is the breath of God. The written word of God is God breathed. And what God wants you to do is get into his word and breathe in this word so that it can provide for you what you, what you need. Because here's what I find far too often. Far too often Christians are going through life and here's what we do. We come to church on Sunday and, and you sit and you hear a message like this and you go, and then you spend the rest of the week going like this, trying to hold that in. Instead of every day spending some time, beginning your day by going, and allowing God to breathe his life into you for that day. God wants to breathe life into you every day. It's interesting. The Bible calls itself a lot of different things in Scripture. Uh, the Bible is referred to as bread in some places in Scripture. The Bible is referred to as, as, as water in some places in Scripture. And then a lot of times it's referred to as, as air. Now, I was thinking about this this week. You know, bread or food, our bodies, physical bodies, can do without food for, I think, somewhere between uh, 20 and 40-something and days, depending on what kind of physical condition you're in, you can do without food, without no food whatsoever. So maybe a month, maybe two months, you could go without food before you would die or something bad would happen. You can go without water somewhere between 8 to, to 14 to 16 days, again, depending on what kind of condition you're in. So you can go a couple of weeks without water. But air is different, right? You can't go months without air. You can't go weeks without air. You can't go days without air. You can't go hours without air. You can only go minutes without air, right? I, I read this week that the, the, the record for holding your breath, I get this, this is amazing. The record for holding your breath is by a Russian dude, held his breath for 22 minutes, 22 seconds. And we hear that and we're like, man, that's incredible, right? Because we can hold our breath. The average person at the most can hold their breath for about four minutes. This guy held his breath for 22 minutes. I don't know if that's true, but, but it's, it was, I read it. So, But I was also thinking, you know, 22 minutes, that sounds like a really long time because we understand that you can't go with, without breath for very long. But 22 minutes really in the grand scheme of things is not very long at all. 
mean, you've been in the church service longer than 22 minutes this morning. Comes and goes all the time, 22 minutes all the time. But four minutes, especially for the average person. My, my, my point is that we can't go very long without air. And yet so many of us as Christians are going through life and we're going without air. Maybe not, not physically, but, but spiritually, we need a breath of air from God. And God's given us his breath. He's given us supernatural, pure air that we can breathe in that will provide what we need in his word. So this morning, what I want to show you is some of the benefits that come from the breath of God. And to do that, uh, we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37. So if you have your Bible, go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Look at this with me. And I've got four points for you. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Four things, four benefits that come from the breath of God. Here's the first one. The breath of God brings understanding. If you're taking notes this morning, write that down. The breath of God brings understanding. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 37, we have this story where Ezekiel, uh, in fact, this story is called the story of the Valley of the Dry Bones. And so you maybe have heard this before, and it's kind of a weird story, kind of a wild story, but, but it points to this idea and really shows us a lot about the power of the breath of God and what it can do in our life. So we're going to look at this this morning. The breath of God brings understanding. Ezekiel 37, starting verse 1, it says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Okay, so what that means is that he had some kind of a vision, that God allowed him to see something that was beyond his normal eyesight, that was beyond, so there's some kind of a vision, we don't know if it's a dream, we don't exactly know, but he's seeing something that is not normally he, he would see it. And set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there was very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And maybe you find yourself in that place today. Spiritually, maybe you find yourself feeling a little dry this morning. Verse 3, and he said, he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Now, I love this. God asked him this question, can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's response. So I answered, oh God, you know, right? Have you ever been there before? Like, find yourself in a place where you're just kind of going, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess, God, I guess maybe you, they can. I, I don't know. And the point is that Ezekiel doesn't have an understanding. He doesn't understand what God's saying to him. Goes on to say this. Again, he said to me, so God said this to him. He said, prophesy to these bones. Now, the Hebrew word for prophesy there is to speak under the inspiration of God. Now, remember where we started, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So he's saying, I want you to speak. Here's what God's saying. I want you to speak my breath my words over this situation. And this is big. Some of you need to hear this this morning. He said, I don't want you to say what you're seeing with your physical eyes. I don't want to say what you understand. I don't want you to say what other people are telling you. I want you to speak my words over this. So he's got a death situation in front of him and God's saying, speak my words over this death that's in front of you. Speak my words over it. Because here's the thing, God knows that if you will start to speak the word of God and get into the word of God and read the word of God, it will produce an understanding in your life. You'll start to see things the way you need to see them. And, and while you're starting to understand it, you're also speaking God's words, which have the power to produce life to whatever is dead in front of you. God's word brings understanding. Job 32 verse 8 says this, there is a spirit in man, now watch this, 
And the breath of God, we're talking about the words of God, the, the written word of God, the breath of God gives him understanding. God wants to give you understanding this morning. He wants you to understand things. He wants you to see things the way that you need to see them. He wants you to have an understanding. And that's what the breath of God does. All scripture is God breathed. So maybe you find yourself here this morning and you have a situation in front of you and and you don't have understanding. Maybe there's a situation in front of you that seems dead and you don't know if it can survive. Maybe you're here this morning and your marriage feels dead. And you don't know if it can survive. You don't know if it can make it through this. Well, you get in the word, you begin to breathe in the word of God. It brings understanding to you. You can see things the way God wants you to see them. And then because of that, you have faith and God can produce what he wants to produce in your marriage. Maybe you're here this morning and you're running a business and your business, you don't know how it can survive. Maybe maybe you got a, a doctor's report and you look at yourself and you don't know how you can survive based on this doctor's report. So you get into the word and you read the written word of God and you get it inside of you and you breathe it into you and it produces understanding in you. Now you can see how these things can survive. You can see how God can make it work. You can have faith for it and God can produce what he wants to produce. Listen, you're never, turn to the person beside you and say never. You're never gonna have the kind of understanding you need to have without getting in the word of God. You can't understand your kids without getting in the word of God. You can't, listen, you got teenagers? You can't understand teenagers without getting in the Word of God? You can't. Husbands, you can't understand your wife without getting in the Word of God. And wives, I get it. I don't understand guys half the time, right? Like you, you're never going to understand your husband. You're never going to understand men, women. You're never going to have the kind of understanding you need to have if you're not getting in the Word of God. The Word of God, the written Word of God, is the breath of God, and the breath of God brings understanding. And listen, when you have understanding, you have peace. Understanding produces peace. Think about the situations in your life where you felt fear, where you felt panic. What was one of the big problems? You didn't understand what was going on. Maybe you, got a, you, got a, you had a health scare in you. Well, what happened? You were afraid. And then you go to the doctor and you find out there's nothing wrong with you. What was wrong? You didn't have an understanding. And so since you didn't have an understanding, your mind runs wild. This is how the enemy works. He comes to you and he, he takes these areas and he wants to confuse you. And so God's word brings understanding. If you want to have understanding, you've got to get in the word of God. The breath of God brings understanding. Here's point number two. The breath of God brings order. The breath of God brings order. The word of God has the ability to produce for you uh, order and and to create restoration, to create order in chaotic situations. It says this in Ezekiel 37 verse 4, next verse. God says, prophesy to these bones. Or again, he says, I want you to speak my words over these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause, look at this, breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you. We'll come back to that in a little bit and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So Ezekiel obeys God. He does what God tells him to do. He speaks God's words over these bones. And as I prophesied, look at this, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Okay, so here's what happens. Now, let me say this first of all. 
Uh, notice it's not, when, when it talks about this valley of dry bones, it wasn't a valley of dry skeletons. It was a valley of dry bones. It was just a bunch of bones that were out of order, right? But what happens? He begins to speak God's word over those bones, and there's a rattling. And all of a sudden, these bones start to come to life, and something's happening, and they start to come together. And what once was just a big mess starts to, to take form and take shape, and, and it gets something is created out of this. Why? Because he's speaking the word of God over it. Order and restoration begins in these bones as he begins to speak God's word over it. Turn to the person beside you and say, this is good preaching. Psalms 33 verse 6 says this, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all of the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God's word is what created the world that we live in. The world that exists around you that you see was created by the words of of God. At the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, the first few verses, it says this, Genesis 1 verse 2 and 3, the earth was without form and void and darkness. Those words form, void, and darkness, when it talks about that, if you, if you study that out, it actually means that the earth was in a state of chaos. It means that everything was chaotic in this world. And it says, uh, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of of the waters. That when it talks about the Spirit of God there, it literally means the breath of God. The breath of God was hovering over this world. Then God said, God spoke, this, the breath of God spoke and said, Let there be light, and there was light. What happened? This world was in a state of chaos. God's word came into this world, and what happened? Chaos came into order. And what we have in this world today, the way this world operates and functions today, and the order that we see in this world was, was created by the words of God, by the breath of God that was spoken into this world. God's word has the power to bring order to chaos. And maybe today you find yourself in a place where you're dealing with some chaos. Maybe you're, you're dealing with some places where you need restoration. And it wouldn't it be so great, wouldn't it be so great if God could just speak over your life, let there be light. Let there be order. Let there be peace over that situation. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, listen, he did. That's what this is. The Bible is full of God's word speaking those things over you. And so what you need to do is this. Breathe in this word, and then what do you do? You breathe it out. You speak it out into the world. You speak it out in the atmosphere, and what happens? God's words in you begin to create for you the order God wants in your life. The same authority that Jesus walked in, he's given over to you, but you got to use it. And the bummer is, far too often we come to church, we take one deep breath, and then we go through life suffocating, go through life without the air that we need, because we've sat our Bible on a coffee table, or we've sat our Bible on a shelf, and we're not breathing in the spiritual air that God wants us to breathe. God wants to bring order to your life, but you got to get into it. Is there any area of your life, simple question, where you have chaos, where you need restoration, then you need to get into the Word. You need to study what the Word of God has to say. You need to meditate on scriptures. You need to find verses that you can memorize, that you can put on cards, that you can look at, that you can speak over yourself, and God's Word will bring order to those chaotic situations. Here's number three. The breath of God brings strength. The breath of God brings strength. The breath of God brings power. Look at verse 8, Ezekiel 37. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Now, when, when the Bible talks here about 
sinews and, and skin. Uh, sinews is what we would say tendons today. And what are tendons? Tendons connect our, our muscles to our bones, muscle to muscle and all that kind of stuff. And, and so what do they do? Well, that is the, your, your muscles are anchored to your bones, and that's what provides you with power. And the skin holds all, all together. So this is a picture of power. This is a picture of strength. Now, I don't know about you, from time to time in my life, I need strength. And I need a little bit more strength than I can muster up on my own. Anybody can relate to that this morning? There's times that I need that. I remember I was watching a, a football game one time when I was a kid. It was the Denver Broncos versus the, at the time, the Los Angeles Raiders. And they were playing in Mile High Stadium in Denver. And I remember this because something was going on in this game that I had never seen before to that point. Uh, the Raiders would come off the field, the offense or defense would come off the field, and they'd go sit on the bench, and, and they had these, like, oxygen masks that they were hooking themselves up to. And they'd put these masks on their face, and they'd be over there, and they'd be breathing in this air. And I, and I heard the announcers talking about this was kind of a new thing at the time, and they were doing this because in, in Denver, in Mile High Stadium, it's, it's a mile above sea level, and the air is thinner there. And these guys are out there playing football. They're exerting a, a tremendous amount of energy running around the field, and, and, and because the air is thinner, they, they're having a hard time catching their breath. And their breath, oxygen, is, is a vital part to the energy of our life. You breathe in oxygen, and what does it do? It goes into your body, and it goes into your bloodstream, and it pumps your heart, and it, it causes your brain to function properly. You don't have air. You, you struggle. And so these guys are going over to the sideline to breathe in this pure air. Why? So that they can go back onto the field with the power and the strength and the wisdom they need to win. Listen, church, some of you are like those guys in the game. You're going through life and you're trying to exert this energy and you're running out of breath and you, you just can't kick. And it feels like life is just suffocating. You just can't, can't quite do it anymore. And, and what you need to do is you need to go and you need to sit under the word of God and you need to take these deep breaths of the pure air of God's word because it will breathe power and strength and energy and wisdom into you that you need to go out in life and win. This is good preaching, people. You need this. But again... If this book sits on a shelf, if it sits on a coffee table, if you never breathe it in, you're not going to have the power and the strength you need. Remember last week I talked about Exodus 15. What happens in Exodus 15? God parts the Red Sea. How does he part the Red Sea? Here's how he does it. Okay, you guys ready for this? Illustration time. Ready? Here's how he parts the Red Sea. The Bible says with the blast of his nostril. Here's what he does. <laughs> That's how God parted the Red Sea. That's all it took. That, that's the power of the breath of God. That will part the Red Sea. And maybe you find yourself in a place today where there's a Red Sea in front of you. There's something in front of you and you need strength. You need power beyond yourself. If you'll get into this word, you can breathe in the breath of God. You can breathe in the strength of God, the power of God. And then you can begin to breathe that, that out on that situation. You can begin to speak God's word over that situation. Not your own understanding, not your own thinking, but God's word over that situation. And here's what happens. As you're speaking God's word, here's what God does. He goes, and whatever's in front of you gets blown away. Because listen, here's something. You're one of those people that tweets. Here's, here's something tweetable. One sneeze from God, one sneeze from God is enough to blow away any problem in your life. But, once again, if we're not getting in the Word, if we're not reading it, if we're not picking it up, we're not studying it, we're not, we don't, if we don't know what's here, we're going to miss out. God has power for you in, your, in His Word, strength for you in His Word, but you've got to get into it. Here's point number four. The breath of God brings life. 
So the breath of God brings understanding. The breath of God brings order. The breath of God brings strength. And the breath of God brings life. Look at what it says in verse 9. Also he said to me, so this is God talking. He says, prophesy to the breath. So once again, he's tell, what's he telling him? Speak my words. Speak what I'm saying. Say my words. Let my words come out of your mouth. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain. So breathe on the, the slain, the, skele- the skeletons, the, the bones, the dry bones. Breathe on them that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied. This is Ezekiel. Ezekiel prophesied. He spoke God's word over those bones. He spoke God's word over what was going on with him. And he commanded, as he commanded me, and breath came into them. The breath of God hit them and they lived. Life came into them. Look at this. And they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Let me remind you where we began. We began with a pile of bones. Not skeletons, just a pile of bones. And and Ezekiel begins to speak the word of God over this pile of bones. They come together in order. Their strength, he has understanding. They come together in order. They, They get the strength that they need. And now they've come alive. And they're not just a pile of bones. They are an exceeding army, a powerful army. And I'm telling you, we face situations in our life like this all the time. And God wants his breath to be in you so it can be breathed out of you on your situations so that God can provide and do miracles in your life and do amazing things that that are far beyond what you could ask or imagine. That's what God wants to do. The breath of God brings life. Genesis 2 verse 7 says this, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. When God created man, he formed him from dirt, and he came alive when God breathed into him. The breath of God brought life to him, and me and you are still breathing from that first breath that was breathed into Adam. Every one of us is still breathing the breath of Adam, the breath that came from God. It started with one breath from God. Job 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God made man, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. When the breath of God comes into our life, it produces life. It makes things come alive. You say, well, Pastor Josh, yeah, I, I, you know, I get that. God, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he wants me, you know, when I make him the Lord of my life and I I receive his forgiveness and and he, he gives me a new spirit and I come alive in Jesus Christ and my spirit's made alive. I know that Jesus wants to give me spiritual life. Listen, Jesus wants to give you more than just spiritual life though. This breath, he wants to touch you with this breath in every aspect of your life. Look at this with me. In fact, if you're, if you're someone in here and you ever deal with sickness, anybody ever deal with sickness, health issues? Every hand should be up in this room right now. Wake up, people. We all deal with this, right? Write this verse down. Proverbs 4, verse 20. says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Okay, so let me break this down. Give attention to my words. What, what are the words of God? The breath of God, right? It's talking about the Bible, the breath of God. Give attention to them. Incline your ear. Hear them. And when you incline, when you actually study that, it means to to bend your ear. How do you bend your ear? You bow your head. Because your ear doesn't just bend on its own. You've got to bow your head. It's a a sign of humbleness that you're going to sit under the word. Allow the word to be the authority in your life. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, keep them in front of you. You're seeing them. Keep them in the midst of your heart, which means that they, they come to be such a part of you that they are inside of you they're 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 sealed inside of you okay look at this for they are life to those who find them 
and health to all their flesh. Everybody say flesh. That word flesh there in the Hebrew means physical body. Notice it's not, they're not just health to your spirit. It's health to your, to your physical body. The word health in Hebrew means medicine. This is pretty cool, people. Here's what God just said. My word is medicine to your physical body. And here's what you need to do. When you're sick, what do you do? You take your medicine. And some of you, you'll take your physical medicine, but you're not taking your spiritual medicine. And this medicine has more power to produce physical health in you than your physical medicine does. But you got to get into it. God wants to touch every aspect of your life. He didn't just die so you could be born again in in just your spirit. He died so that he could touch you in everything. Spirit, soul, body. He wants to minister to you. He wants to bring restoration and life to your life. He wants that for you. But you got to get into the word. The word of God is full of the breath of God. And it's a shame when we don't get into it. It's a shame when we don't study. It's a shame that we're missing out when we're not willing to open this book up and see what God has to say for us. Okay, so remember where we started with this, right? 2 Timothy 3.16. You guys remember that? It says, all scripture is inspired by God, is, is, by, is given by the inspiration of God. In other words, NIV says it this way, all scripture is God breathed. Scripture is the breath of God. And what does the breath of God do? It produces understanding, power, life, restoration, and order. Okay, now, for a moment here, I want you to, to think with me, okay? Uh, and I want you to kind of, for just a moment here, forget everything I've just said, and I want you to think from a very physical way of thinking right now. Okay, what is this book, what, can, what does this book consist of? What's in this book? Words, right? Now, are these words that are in your Bible, are they exclusive to the Bible? In other words, can you find these words anywhere else? Yes, you can. These words, they may not be in the same order as they are in your, in your Bible, but you can find them all over the place. You can find them in other uh, pieces of literature by Shakespeare. Uh, you can find these, some of these words on the ESPN.com. You can find some of these words on websites and books that actually blaspheme and mock God. So, so what makes these so special? Well, what makes them special is that they were, they were God-breathed. They came from God. So, so here's what happened. The Bible talks about how when God created the Bible, that he used men that were under the inspiration of him. In fact, uh, the Bible says it this way. It says that they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, that the men who wrote the Bible were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And when you study that, here's what that means. It's, it's like a, a boat that's on water that has sails. And what happens? Wind comes, and the wind is caught in those sails, and it moves the boat. So, so what happened is these writers, God, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and, and they moved based on what God said. So it's not, what, it's not people's opinion, it's not what other men wrote, it was men inspired by God, but it's God's word. This is the words of God. Now I want to illustrate this for you this morning, I need somebody to help me this morning, someone who can blow up a balloon. Jackson, our new youth pastor, you come up here, give Jackson a hand. Yes. Can you blow up a balloon? Okay, good. Yeah, children's ministry will do that to you. Okay, so what I have here is a balloon, and you can tie it too, right? Okay, cool. Uh, I got a balloon here, right? This is a flat, just normal balloon. Okay, Jackson, I want you to, to, to start to blow up that balloon. Breathe into that balloon. Go. Okay, breathe. Kind of go. Go. Okay, stop. Okay, so what is happening to the balloon, all right? It was a flat balloon, but now his breath going into the balloon has caused this balloon to take shape. 
to take form. It's not what it once was. It's changed. Its form has, has changed. Okay, breathe, breathe some more into it. Blow it up a little bit more. A couple more breaths. Come on, Jackson. All right, here we go. A couple more. Okay, now go ahead and tie it off. So here's what happened. God did this to the Word of God. He took Scripture and he breathed on words. And, and as he breathed on them, they took shape. And then when he was done creating it and having it take shape, he tied it off. Thank you, Jackson. Let's give Jackson a hand. And what we, so what we have now is we have the Word of God. It's, it's taken the shape and the form of God. Now, here's where it gets really cool. If I was to take this balloon, well, let me ask you this. What's inside this balloon? Air. Go, go a little bit deeper with me. What's inside this balloon? Breath. Whose breath? Jackson's breath. Okay, so if I was to take this balloon and I took it into a scientific lab and they began to examine this balloon, what are they going to find inside of this balloon? They're going to find Jackson. They're going to find Jackson's DNA. They're going to find his life inside this balloon. You guys tracking with me? What God did was he breathed into this book. He breathed into these words and it took his form and it took his shape and when you read this book, you're not just breathing, you're not just reading words that were breathed by God. You're reading actually the life of God. You're reading the DNA of God. And as you breathe this into you, you're breathing in the life of God. You're breathing in the DNA of God. And my dad made this point between services. He said, you never just breathe in, right? You always have to breathe out. And God has called us as Christians to breathe in this word of God so that we can then go and breathe it out on our world. Saying yep. so, when we do that, listen, you're breathing the DNA of God onto your marriage. You're breathing the life of God into your marriage. You're breathing the DNA of God onto your family. You're breathing the life of God on your family. You're breathing the DNA of God into this world that desperately needs it. But you can't breathe it out if you don't breathe it in. And far too often, this is what we do. We just kind of set it aside. God's given us something that can produce restoration and, and, and bring order to chaos and give us understanding and can shape our life. He's given us this amazing gift that's full of not just his words, but it's full of him. It's him in this book. And yet we just set it aside. What I want you to see today, church, is we can't do that we got to get over this thing where we say, oh, I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know what that is? That's the devil. That's telling you, you can't understand it. And you just go, okay, I can't. <gasps> you got to breathe in. My encouragement to you, church, is to take a deep breath every day. Take a deep breath every day. Begin your day. Get up. Get in God's word and breathe in the word of God. Breathe in his breath so that you can breathe it out on the, word, on the world around you. God has given us an incredible gift in his word, and we need to dig in. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, we are so grateful for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this amazing gift, this amazing book that is full of you. We're grateful for this amazing gift, and we choose as a church, we choose to dig in like never before. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, 
go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.